What more can one say? This is game seven. Hello, everyone, and welcome back yet again to the Little Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Keegan, here with my brother, Jordan. Say hi. Hey, everybody. Uh, We have a really exciting show for you guys today, but before we get into it, just remember, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram, at Little Hockey Pod. Follow Jordan and I on Twitter, uh, Jordan at uh, J underscore small, some number. What are your numbers? Yeah, that, that's not at all what it was, Keeks. <laughs> oh, whatever. You, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at J-S-M-A-L-L-1771. That's at J-Small1771. That's what I said. I think I said J underscore small. Yeah, yours has the underscore. And you can yeah. follow Keegan on Twitter at L-I-L underscore little 28. Yeah, uh, usually you're the one saying all that. We're kind of rushing, not really rushing through it, but getting all that out of the way because... Uh, we had a really, really good um, collaboration with the guys from the Sens Tennial podcast. They're a Sens-focused podcast based here in Ottawa. Uh, Jordan and I have been listening to them for a little while now, um, and they were kind enough to dedicate a lot of time. Like, it was Saturday night that we recorded, and we were on for a while. Yes. So it was, really, it was really nice of them to dedicate so much time to uh, – come on our show, answer a lot of draft and some free agent questions regarding the senators. And just, it was great. Like I, we had a ton of fun doing it and we had, uh, I think a really, really good session there. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much to Matt Bennett and other Matt, a, AKA Jimothy, Jimothy, AKA other Alex. Yes. Um, so thank you very much to those guys. Uh, we really appreciate all the time that you gave us and all of the insight that you gave us. You guys are, uh, a lot more plugged in to the uh, senators organization than we are just as fans. Um, So we really, really appreciated everything that they had to say. And it was a great, great episode. And we hope that everybody listening enjoys. Yeah. So if you guys enjoy what you hear, go check them out at the Centennial. Uh, They have all their plugs and everything at the end of the collaboration. So once you hear that, you can go check them out. Um, great guys, really interesting. And like Jordan said, they're really in touch with the Sens and they had some really creative and good ideas. Yeah. So uh, without further ado, we'll uh, get you on to that part of the episode and uh, I'll talk to you afterwards. Enjoy guys. Hey everyone, uh, welcome to this collaboration we have. We were lucky enough to get the three lovely gentlemen from the Centennial Podcast to join us. First off, we have their host, Matt. Say hi, Matt. Hey, what's up everybody? Uh, he's got that nice calm voice that you need for the host. <laughs> we then got Jimothy, aka Other Matt. How you doing, Other Matt? How's it going, everybody? 
So nice to be a part of this. <laughs> yeah, you sound so excited. Uh, <laughs> and last but not least, we have Bennett, the controversial guy on the show. How are you doing? Uh, good. I had no idea that was my reputation. So that's uh, that's good to know. Mr. Hot Take himself. <laughs> well, it was you after the, that you... uh, the oh. trade It all yeah. went off. Oh. <laughs> well, no, for me, it was when he said he didn't think Alfredson should be in the ooh, Hall of Fame. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah I believe true. me. That, yeah. that, was, that was tough because like, I want it as a Sens fan, but as like you know trying to be impartial as like a broader hockey fan it's like but yeah also keegan i'm here jordan co-host you're always here that's not you know what as we're talking about our favorite team's swedish captains in the hall of fame i will say that yeah like i i'm kind of on the fence about sundin being in the hall of fame as well so bennett i kind of get where you're coming from with uh you know, trying to be impartial about your your uh, favorite team's captain there. So, Sundin is the highest scoring Swede. Yeah, yes. time, yes. though, right? I mean, that's that's kind exactly. of something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, and on is. one of our first episodes this yeah. year, we did have a debate about like Alfredson being in the Hall of Fame, and I came into it being very much on the no side. And then after lo- <laughs> looking at the numbers and his international success, I was like, you know what? No, that has to count for something. So. Uh, I suppose. I mean, if you have 45 <laughs> minutes, I can give you a very well thought out, uh, you know, why Alfie should be in the hall. But, you know, this yeah. is a totally yeah, exactly. different episode. So rather than looking at the past, this episode, we're going to look at the future. So this episode, um, as we kind of mentioned in our intro and everything, we're going to focus a lot on, our, on the draft of the 2020 NHL draft coming up. And we're going to mainly focus for Ottawa this episode because – these guys here, Matt, Matt, and Bennett, uh, obviously, like me, they're all Sens fans. So Ottawa is going to be one of the more interesting teams to watch this draft. And obviously, as two Sens podcasts, it makes sense for us to focus on them. So uh, Jordan's going to play host here. He's going to be the James Duthie to our uh, uh, hockey insiders that are the four of us. I think you and- mean James Duthie's going to be the Jordan Little on the TSN <laughs> panel there, Cakes. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. right. Sorry, yeah. I got it. right. Jordan, how many uh, hosting awards have you won so far? Uh, it depends on how many I can make up on the spot. <laughs> ah, fair um, enough. So that's kind of the format we're going to go is we're going to let Jordan play host, keep the uh, keep everything organized, and us from uh, going too hectic. Because having the four of us try to talk over each other may not be the most exciting podcast stuff. But well, well, we saw something similar to that with the uh, U.S. presidential election this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, let's not get into yeah, that. Yeah, That's not this kind of podcast. Yeah. Don't get them started. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, to, to kick things off here, um, we can talk starting at the top of the draft. Um, it seems like the consensus in the public and from uh, Pierre Dorian's recent uh, media hits that the Sens are likely going to be taking – whoever's left over from Stutzel and Byfield at number three. Um, we can start off with uh, other Matt. What, um, what do you think, uh, or do you have a preference between the two players, Stutzel and Byfield? Yeah, absolutely. I, I do have a preference. Uh, I haven't, you know, I do love Tim Stutzel, but uh, Byfield is just is going to be a impact center when he hits the league. His skating ability, his hockey IQ, uh, his shot—he's uh, got everything you want in a in a number one center. And uh, he knows how to play defense, which is also very important. 
Uh, I, I really want Byfield. I'm really hoping the Kings, all these rumors about them really loving Stutzla because they have so many Germans in their organization. Um, I, I hope they take them. So we end up lucking out and getting Byfield who, you know, has been said to have the highest ceiling, uh, in the entire draft, just considering he's a center and he's, you know, one of the most important positions on the ice, uh, love his game, love everything he does. Uh, I want Byfield. <laughs> and, and yeah, Matt, what about you? Do you have a preference Stutzler or Byfield? So mine's kind of contingent. Um, so personally, I, th- I think <laughs> that if the centers want that electrifying player, who's going to bring fans to games that uh, ending up with Tim Stutzla is going to be huge for them. Uh, he's been compared to Patrick Kane. And I think Patrick Kane is a very fun player to watch. Um, if, if you're getting compared to him, then that's pretty great. And uh, I know a lot of people like to uh, make fun of Pierre Maguire, but um, he has some good hockey takes. And, and his take was um, with people debating whether Stutzler could be a center or a wing. He's like, man, a guy that's skillful, you can play him center and he'll be able to adapt. And I mean, he did play some center. Um, it's, it's definitely like uh, what the senators need. They need a number one center. Now I flip flop a lot. I really do like Byfield and Byfield seems very excited at the possibility of becoming a Senator. And that's actually really good in my opinion, because if you have a guy who's passionate about the team, uh, especially who's someone like him, who's known for his work ethic, I'll, I'll welcome that any day. Um, so for me, it, it really, I I'll take either. I mean, uh, I have a slight preference for Byfield only because I think he's got a lot of untapped potential. And he's also, I think if not the youngest, one of the youngest players in the draft, which is insane that he's getting picked top three at 17. So, I mean, yeah, uh, I say slight edge to Byfield for that reason, but I will take either player at three. That is bam. What a pick for Ottawa. And, uh, and Bennett, how about you? Yeah, I, I completely agree with both of them. We're going to get such a great player at three, whether it is Tim Stitzler, whether it is Quinton Byfield. I think I do. I think I'm with other Matt. I think I would prefer Byfield. Um, th- there is like a non-zero percent chance that Stutzel ends up playing left wing, which I think would be great, but the Sens absolutely need a center. We need a number one center. We have like three or four kind of middle six centers right now and in the organization of guys who could project there you know we want that one c locked down i think that you know whereas tim stutzler almost certainly can do that you know byfield that's a hundred percent where he's gonna be in our organization at least and yeah i mean he's got he's got great skill great great speed you know he's still growing into his his large frame and he's gonna be you know like a proper power forward that if you imagine him suiting up with uh with Brady on the top line that's uh that's that's something to see or something that we hope to see yeah and finally Keegan what are, what are you thinking eh uh so as great of a player as both these two seem like they could be become who would you rather have Evgeny Malkin or Patrick Kane that's a hard choice right because that's basically the, the those are the main comparables between Byfield and Stutzel. Stutzel comparing to Kane, like you guys said, and uh, Byfield with his skill and size comparing to yeah, everybody. Knock on wood. That means, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. Here's the way I look at it, and um, you guys touched on this before. Ottawa's biggest need when it comes to prospect depth is a number one center. 
the only one in our organization that has the skill to do that is Logan Brown, but he hasn't quite hit that ceiling yet. You know, like he's had a lot of injury issues. He's another big skill guy that could do a lot. But if I'm being honest, big picture wise, I don't even see him on the team anymore. Not because he's not a great player or nor do I think he's not an NHL player. I just think we have guys that will fit DJ Smith's mold better than he does. Like Jeez, players you called Bennett ability. controversial. All that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's been yeah. <laughs> he just like dethroned Bennett there. <laughs> I, cool. I have some very strong opinions about a lot of players. All right. Um, and here's one of them. If Ottawa chooses Stutzel, Marco Rossi better be available at five. Otherwise I'm going to be pissed because DJ Smith said you pick the player that's going to be the, that, what is it? You pick the player that's going to help you the most in a three to five year span. That's what DJ said regarding to draft or uh, Dorian said regarding to drafting players. Right. To me, Byfield will help more than Stutzel. Rossi would help more than Stutzel. And I would even make the argument that Raymond would help more than Stutzel because of how those three players would fit into DJ Smith's coaching style. It's great to have that electrifying player that can bring fans to their seats, but if they don't play well in the system that you have, like it's not going to work, right? Like imagine Patrick Kane playing on the New York Islanders. I th- Is that going to work? I th- like, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. It has to be a scheme fit. Yes. Uh, for, for me, it's – it's I don't know the Senators have had issues trying to play as that defensive team like think even with Guy Boucher Mm -hmm. the Senators played that trap but did they play it effectively no people will rag on the Senators for playing the trap but they weren't even good at it they had Eric Carlson Eric Carlson still put up like what 80 points under Guy Boucher I think it was I mean like it it wasn't really like people time and time again will say yeah Senators played trap under Boucher they played like an alternate trap like they tried but it wasn't really that great uh they didn't have the pieces for it so i don't know teams build around players not coaches yeah i mean dj smith is totally like dispensable (laughs) especially like with all of the up-and-coming coaches like i do understand dj smith's coaching style is is like it's good uh but also at the same time if you teach tim stusla uh you know two-way defense which I'm sure wouldn't really be that hard. Oh boy, you have a player yeah, right true. there. Uh, I I think um, Tim Sutsa is probably the most NHL ready, other than Alexi Lafreniere, yeah. out of all of the players available. Marco Rossi being third. Um, whereas uh, Byfield, you're probably going to need to let him, uh, you know, ruminate a little and uh, leave him in the crock pot yeah. for another couple hours, but. Uh, I, I think any of those players coming in, um, they're going to be great. Uh, just uh, like Raymond as well. Yeah. Uh, you touched on him. They've played pro games. Uh, so I think uh, they're going to be excellent additions to the team regardless. But if, if you are talking three to five year span, who's going to be the most important? It, you're, you're right. It is going to be Byfield. Yes. The other thing is that, so I'm a little hesitant on Stutzel and I feel like, like an old timer for saying this, but it's because he's never played on North American ice. He's, if you look at all of his highlights, it's all him holding onto the puck, playing the perimeter and making a sweet pass, like great feet, great hands, great passing ability. I'm not knocking any of that, 
but it's just we haven't seen him do it on a small ice surface against men. We've seen him do it on the large ice surface where he has that room, and it just, to me, I want to see that on the smaller surface before I kind of start comparing them. It is hard because, you know, it's a different game over in Europe, just like it's a different game here, obviously. So it's, I don't know. I think, I think you have a fair point, but I also think players that have the it factor make it happen. It doesn't yeah, matter that's where the other play. thing, right? Yeah. But I, I, t- I totally get your point, though. It's, it's a fair point. Uh, I just think that if he's a good player, which he seems he to be, he'll figure it out. So, yeah. I'm also yeah. interested because I think Elite Prospects has him like outside of the top five. Um, well, what's interesting is going, uh, like prior to all this buildup of Tim Stutzler, like back in, I don't know when the draft was supposed to happen in like June, yeah. uh, he wasn't predicted to be going top three. It was supposed to be, well, I shouldn't say supposed to be, but it was aimed or what was early predicted Assumed. to be. Yeah. was Lafreniere, Byfield, Raymond, Holtz. Like that was kind of the set. And even Sanderson, we've seen him rock it up and I will get to, we'll get to preferred picks at five, but, um, but anyway, even Sanderson, he was predicted to go outside the top 10. And now look, people are talking like, Oh, he could be gone to Anaheim, you know, uh, right outside the top five. And, and so I think, um, man, I'm trying, I, I lost my train of thought, but, <laughs> but essentially what I'm trying to say is that, um, these players like they're all a very very high skill players like the this draft is is insane for talent in not just the top 10 but even i would say going from picks 11 to 15 you're going to get a player that's making the nhl and will be in a top six role or if they're a defenseman you know at minimum or a goalie. Yes, or a goalie. Ooh. They're, they're, they're all going to be impact players. Now, I know goalies are harder to predict. There's a lot of hype around Askarov. I'm just saying that you're getting a player who's going to make an impact or at least be a, a very good player in the NHL. If if they all pan out, right? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, now that you've mentioned uh, that uh, pick at number five, Keeks, can you uh, start us off? Who would be your preferred uh, number five pick? In order, Raymond Rossi Sanderson. Those are my big three. Rossi, as I said before, or Raymond's Rossi, because I just really want a center. Um, I think that if we get Byfield or like if, if we get Byfield at three, I think you should go for Raymond. I Raymond is personally my favorite prospect in this draft. I think he's exactly what the Sens need in a very skilled right winger, which other than Drake Batherson, we don't really have anyone that could be a top six right winger. Connor Brown, Maybe, but I don't know if he's a second-line right winger on a cup-winning team, you know? You don't believe in the Vitaly Abramov hype? <laughs> Does he play right wing? I know he likes to play on it. Well, yeah. he likes to play on his offside, but apparently he's terrible defensively when he plays on that side. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, like, he's a he's an offensively gifted player. I really like his game, but I mean, if you if you do get Lucas Raymond, it doesn't matter. So. <laughs> Plus, Raymond, Raymond already has that um, kind of, like, like I was mentioning before, the DJ style of um, yeah. uh, like being really, really hard on the four check. Like he's not like dad suk or anything in his own end, but he, he knows what to do. He's got a good brain for it. And like you guys were saying, you can coach defense. So that's something that could be improved on for his game. And if people are comparing him in the offensive end to Mitch Marner, I'm fine with having Mitch Marner so long as it doesn't cost me $11 million a year. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I... 
Or if he's better than him, then I'm okay with $11 million. Yeah. I will say, as a guy that has Mitch Marner on my team, uh, just uh, don't invite Lucas Raymond's dad to any of the team events or anything. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, um, you need to get Pierre Dorian to block his number or something. Oh, uh, and just I thought it was his uncle. Uh, it, it's so I thought all that stuff was coming like his uncle was the one that was like feeding Dregger rumors. To, I, like, I imagine it was a team oh. effort, probably. It's yeah, agent oh and uh, Paul and whoever else. Yeah, everybody in uh, uh, the elusive yeah, all Paul. of the uh, adults in the uh, Marner family seem to be super, super high on Mitch, which is fine. He's a really good player, but uh, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's really tough when you're looking at him and uh, you know his impacts are similar to some of the other players on the team that are not getting paid as much as he is. So uh, yeah, yeah, that is exciting mm. for the Sens to potentially have that kind of game breaking talent coming in. Uh, who, who do you uh, think? Oh, wait, wait. Can I just oh, no, Come on, Keith. We've got three <laughs> guests here. I didn't here. get to say anything about Sanderson. Uh, so yeah, I just no, want to no, say no. like a quick 20 seconds. Yeah, no, I'm the host. You lost your chance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> your, your mic is off, Keith. I'll, t- I'll talk about Sanderson. Uh, no, you, no, he's... We'll both talk. Okay, Matt, if you want to. No, no, no. We'll both talk about Okay, if you guys can handle it, I'm leaving a few. All right, Bennett. Yeah, who do you... Who do you want to see uh, the sense? Yeah. Five? Well, uh, I suspect I know what's about to happen, which is that Matt, other Matt, and myself all recently listened to the Welcome to Your Carlson Years podcast, where they had uh, Brad Allen. Yep. Oh, I actually did. Okay. So I they had a, they had like like an actual real scout on, and he was just absolutely <laughs> uh, singing the virtues of Jake Sanderson. And uh, after hearing that, I I was pretty sold on him, and I would not be mad at all if the Sens took him at five. Like if we're thinking that like if we if we lock in our center at three, uh, Byfield or Stutzla, and then we take you know a absolutely rock solid uh, first pairing defenseman at five uh, who has offensive upside as well as being a great shutdown guy. I mean, listening to Brad Allen talk about this guy, he was saying that Jake Sanderson is the only defenseman in this draft that he could see being able to shut down Connor McDavid on like one of his better nights. And that is oh, wow. terrifying yep. to think about. And I, something that yeah. I think would be really great. Yeah. And, you know, I think that I don't want I don't want to be out here saying that it's easy to find top six players, top six offensive players, because it's not. If it was easy, then everybody, you know, would have a great top six and they don't. But I think it is a lot harder to find really elite defensemen than it is to find someone who can play on the wing and put up 60 points. And for that reason, I like the idea of showing up our defense with a top pairing of Shabbat and Sanderson for the next eight years. Yes, please. And Matt, what else do you have to say about Sanderson or, or right. whoever else you want to see taken at five? Oh no. Okay. So, so honestly, I'm, I'm really high on Raymond as well. Uh, I know Keegan already touched on it a bit, but, um, or on Raymond a bit, but uh, I like, he's been compared to like a Mark Stone light, um, but faster. Uh, so what I like about that is okay. Two way game, maybe not as strong as Mark Stone, but to have a player that's speedier than Mark Stone and has those same defensive instincts, but also being able to chip in offensively. Yes. Okay. He won't be a player like, you know, Tim Stutzel is expected to be where he, you know, is expected to put up uh, 80 to 90 plus points a season. He will be a guy who will 
probably put up more between 60 to 70 if he reaches his ceiling. Um, and I think that's totally worth it if you're getting a guy who's like Mark Sona can shut people down. But what I will say about Jake Sanderson is I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, there's there's just been a lot of talk on like Twitter and, and Reddit. And that's why people are all hump, hyping, jumping on the hype train for Sanderson. But I think it's more than that. Um, after I read about it initially, I was like, what the hell? I don't want Jake Sanderson at five. Like who wants Jake Sanderson at five? So I decided to look into what his coaches were saying. I looked at more scouting reports. I watched more film of him. The thing that people don't understand is he was initially a forward, but he realized he could skate backwards faster than some forwards uh, could skate forward. So he was like, well, if I have better back skating than some players I'm playing against have forward skating, if I play a d- defense, because he apparently growing up, he always liked playing goalie. He's like, if I can play in a defenseman role, he's like, that'll be great for me. And that is one of the th- reasons why he is so effective defensively is because he can totally keep up with a forward skating in on him on the forecheck, even though he's skating backwards, which is wild. And the fact that he has excellent gap control, he has great reach and everything. He can just shut people down. And, and I think that's huge. And even his coach said, and I'll direct quote it. He plays the game so efficiently defense so hard and can jump into play and add offense. He's the prototypical modern age defenseman. And I think that's, a player you want on your team. And he's also been compared to guys like Ryan Suter. And I think Ryan Suter is, even as he's getting up in age, like who here today would say they wouldn't want Ryan Suter on their roster. Like even with his contract, he's like one of those guys who's just going to kind of ride out his contract and he'll have a great career. Even if he doesn't want to cut, he's a well-respected defenseman. And I think anybody would want him on their team. Um, and the one last thing I'll add about Sanderson is I know, um, uh, Bennett, you were saying how he, you know he could play with Shabbat. Well, let's look past that. You play Sanderson as your in quotations top pairing D. Now Sanderson is out there, like you know you guys were saying against, we'll say McDavid. Well, then who is Shabbat playing against when he goes on? Not McDavid. Drysdale. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Drysdale's yeah. been playing with McDavid a lot, right? So so you're playing against like the Nuge or whatever. But but think of it right, like you're playing. Sanderson to shut down those top pairing guys or that top line, you know, and Shabbat gets to come out. And if you play him as like your second pairing left-handed defenseman, Shabbat with his offense, you put a guy, if Zub works out, cause Zub's fairly young. If Zub develops good chemistry with, um, or sorry, Zub, I know other Matt was giving me a hard time when I was <laughs> going over it the other week on the podcast. But anyway, if, if Zub develops good chemistry with Shabbat, then there you go. You have like a guy who's a steady defenseman. You have your shutdown guy in the top pairing in Sanderson, Shabbat on the left pairing or second pairing D. And then you find another, you know, guy who can go right-handed D on the top line with, uh, with Sanderson, who's maybe more offensive. And then it balances out and you have a solid defensive core. That's just my opinion. I will still take Raymond. No questions asked, but Sanderson is definitely like right up there. So yeah, that's my rant. <laughs> Thanks for coming to yeah, that, that, that's, Yeah, that's great stuff, Matt. Thanks. <laughs> uh, and finally, other Matt, um, you have much more to add on who, who you want to see taken at five? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, Lucas Raymond is is going to be a consistent, like, yeah, no questions asked. Like, he's the guy. Um, somebody that, that, that Keegan said that I think – it could arguably end up being one of the best offensively gifted players of the the draft and probably overall best player in the draft is Marco Rossi. 
I, I believe in the Marco Rossi hype a lot. Um, he like he put up 120 points in the OHL, which a lot of people point to the whole like, well, he put up 60 of those points against the worst teams in the league. Absolutely fair, but he still put up yep. the points. Like he he feasted on them. He showed that he was the by far best player on the ice when it came to that. His his game he plays like a six two center. Like he goes in and he's rough and tumble. He's physical. And like he, his hockey IQ is, is, is way up there. Like the only knock about this kid is his size. Like this guy was be going first overall if he was by field's height and like the gap would be massive. Yeah. He, he's so good at, at just about everything he does that if you need that second center who arguably could be your first line center as a five, nine player. It's Marco Rossi. Like he's so good. Um, I love Lucas Raymond's game and I love Marco Rossi's game and either of the choosing them would be great. And just one more point about Sanderson that I have heard or, or that I read is that one of his coaches on the U S national development team program is that, uh, they said, like, out of all of the defensemen that have come through here in the last 10 years, which include Noah Hannafin, Zach Wierenski, Seth Jones, he said unequivocally, this is the best defenseman that has played and is coming through here. <laughs> I did not hear that quote. Is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, no, I read that, too. I was trying to look for it again. Yeah, I couldn't find he, it, is, yeah. he is one of the best uh, defensemen, like, <laughs> he's a better skater than Jamie Drysdale. Yeah. And Jamie Drysdale is considered the best skater in the draft. I don't want Jamie Drysdale. No. Okay. I'm glad. I'm like, not I the don't, one. I don't No. Like I, like he had a really good world juniors as a 17 year old. He's going to have another good world juniors as an 18 year old, but I watched the gold medal game. He didn't touch the ice in the third period more than maybe you know Two who minutes. was out there? JBD. JBD. Uh, yeah. <laughs> JBD Golden was Matt was huge yeah. in that. And that's another point as to why maybe I'm not hugely on the whole draft a, a defenseman. One one oops, we sorry. have Bernard Docker, we have Lassie Thompson, we have uh Eric Brandstrom, we have Christian Willan, and we have uh uh Yarrow. And Shabbat. Like well, yeah. Like, I mean, Shabbat goes without yeah. saying, but that that's just my verbal diarrhea for you guys. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think it'll be really interesting, uh, and it'll say a lot if Dorian does take a defender uh, yeah. with that fifth pick, because if he doesn't, now I mean, you could you could make an argument for taking any player in their own right, but if he doesn't take a defender, you, one could assume that he has confidence in the crop of young yeah. defenders that we do have but if he does then maybe that means that they they're they're not super sure about some of those guys or yeah. maybe he's so, banking uh, uh, you could make that you could make that argument about any of the positions really because yep. in a normal draft you only have one pick in the first round you just take best player available and that's that but where we have three picks and two of them really high then i think who the sends take where will actually tell us a little bit more than usual about where they see the strengths and the weaknesses of the organization. Being. Or maybe, yep. okay, big, big brain IQ here from uh, oh, Dorian. God. Maybe 
doesn't take a defenseman this year and next year somehow lands predicted first overall Brand pick Clark. from Ottawa, Ontario, <laughs> Brian Clark, right-handed defenseman. I played hockey with his agent. Really? What? <laughs> yeah, Randy Robitaille. Oh. He also played for the Sounds. Cool. There you go. But anyway, yeah, one, Ottawa's own. One thing that I want to say about getting Sanderson, uh, that will let Brandstrom move over to the right where he's apparently more comfortable at. And then our pairings yep. are assumably – Shabbat, JBD, I would say Sanderson and Brandstrom because that way you get the defense and the offense, kind of like um, a Carlson yeah. thought thing. And then your bottom bottom pairing is Willannon and Thompson. That is an incredible top six. I team. think people keep sleeping on Yarrow. <sighs> I think he's got. I think he's an NHL through and I don't. I don't. That for a yeah, couple but I don't years. think the organization sees that way. Yes. and they showed that I by disagree. bringing in Josh Brown. They showed oh. that by bringing in Josh Brown. Yeah, and, and yeah. Uh, I think he's an RFA, and they can easily sign him to a two-way contract. I they think. could, but I don't think they will. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't think they will. He the other night they had him on TSN twelve hundred, and I don't yeah. know if you guys listened to the to the interview. I think it was last night. Um, but anyway, he he basically said that he would love to play alongside Shabbat, and obviously he's like predicted as being a third pairing, so that's a whole other debate, but he said he knows he has to earn it and he wants to work his, uh, his ass off to, to show that he can basically be, he was like, I would let Shabbat do his thing. And I would just sit back, protect that blue line. And I was like, Oh man, just hearing him say that. Like, does he have the skill to be playing on that pairing? Yeah, I know. I was like, does, does he have (laughs) that ability to be playing on the top pairing spot? That's a whole other debate. Like I'm saying, but hearing, you know, a guy have that confidence to be like, I would let Shabbat do his thing. And I would hang back. I'm like, Holy crap. This guy, if he's the second coming to Mark Mathot, I'll take it. (laughs) That's the thing. I don't want him to just hang back and let Shabbat do his thing. I want him to hang back and then shut people down. Right. Well, that's what he said. He he was saying he would like hold the blue line essentially, yeah. um, but he said he sees himself as like an effective uh, PK guy, and and I was like, well, seems like the kind of guy that that would be able to kind of mentor Shabbat, but also then, you know, yeah. hang back defensively for Shabbat. And I remember yeah. Boucher being really really high on Yaros, just marveling at his skating ability because anytime yeah. anyone would talk about um, the Senators and their skating, like the big guy there was Dezingle because Dezingle was like our straight line fastest player. He would always mention how in the fitness testing and everything, Jaros beat him just straight up beat him in speed and agility and everything else. And to have a six foot three, 220 pound defenseman be that agile. That's very enticing. That's very, I have faith yeah. in him. I have faith. No, I like, I like see. him, but I, I just don't know if the organization has the same viewpoint that we do. That's all I'm saying. I also just think yeah, that's JBD fair. Thompson and Branstrom are better. Right. Uh, I'm kind of okay but right now for Thompson. Honestly. Yeah. I could see Thompson being better than Brown hundred percent, but I'm as a, like a prospect level. I have Lassie Thompson ranked pretty low. I, you guys, Yeah. Like you guys listened to, I think to that episode where we had, we were talking about our top 10 prospects list. Yeah. I think I had Thompson like between eight to 10 eight, or something. I yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't dislike him as a player. I just didn't understand that pick then. I'm not huge. Neither did Will Scout. Yeah, Will yeah, Scout didn't yeah. like that. Um, when we had him on, yeah, he he wasn't a big fan of that pick. And I honestly wasn't either. I was like, I get it. He was the highest ranked right-handed defenseman after whoever went early in that draft as a uh, defense. But uh, I remember just being like, who? Yeah, that, that yeah. too. Um, like, Kaliev was on the board. Like, yeah. Ooh, really? <laughs> and, and Bobby Brink. And there were a couple others. But yeah. um, I know I know Alan, he can't he can't defend Lassie Thompson. Alan's huge on, on Lassie Thompson. And hey, you know, I, I don't know what he's going to pan out to be. 
but I'm just, I, I, my personal opinion is I'm lower on him than other people, but if he proves me wrong, then pff, man, he's an Ottawa Senator, right? I'll yeah. take it. Yeah. Yeah. Basically anything I hear about Lassie Thompson is he's a great skater, which gets him out of a lot of issues that he causes for himself. And he's got a big shot. That's yeah. what I hear. It's like, Oh, okay. That doesn't scream top four to me. No. <laughs> um, so moving on a bit here um, with the draft coming up this week, um, what is everybody hoping to see the senators do uh, whether that's like a player lower down in the draft, you're hoping to see grabbed or um, trades made or just a, anything that would get you to come out of the draft being like, that was a success. I'm excited for what's uh, to come. So uh, uh, other Matt, we'll start off with you. Yeah, sure. So um, recently uh, the athletic put out their, uh, their, uh, mock draft of all seven rounds and I I kind of read it and wasn't huge on most of their picks and so I kind of went through it for just the uh, just the the first uh, two rounds and uh, I kind of looked at who was still available uh, behind them and I you know put together a list a list of Byfield Raymond uh, Maverick Bork Tyson Forster Emil Andre Roni Hervenen and Yoni Yermo um, as our as the seven prospects that we would pick in the top uh, the top two rounds uh, the first two rounds and uh, one of the guys that I've liked for a really long time uh, that will probably be available at our first second round pick is Tyson Forster. Uh, he's a sniper. Uh, he's a heck of a skater, but like he stood out from the crowd uh, at the uh, young prospects game. And he, he's so relied upon on his junior team right now that uh, I could see him being a, like a very good low, uh, low risk, high reward type of pick. And uh, I mean, I would like them to use some of their second rounds picks to bring in legitimate NHL players. Uh, I've been a very, like a big proponent for getting Dylan Strom on our team because I've always heard rumors of him being available wherever he goes. Um, and I don't think there is like the market would be very high on him. Uh, so if you could, you know, use one of those second round picks to bring him in, do that. And then finally, uh, weaponizing cap space. Uh, use all that damn cap space that you can. Like Vancouver really, really wants Oliver Ekman Larson. How much is it gonna? How much do they want him though? Like if you take Louis Erickson's contract, you give us our fir your first round pick straight up, and you get Oliver Ekman Larson. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and on, like on weaponizing cap space, I've got a proposal that I'll give you guys. It, oh, that, I can't I wait hate to it. Do I that. Hate, if it's the one I'm thinking of, I hate the. I, I have modified it a little bit, Keeks, so that it might be a little bit more tolerable <laughs> for you. Can't wait. It, it's uh. not necessarily a trade <laughs> proposal; it's just a uh, trade target. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, sorry, Matt, uh, other Matt. There, I, I cut you off. Didn't think you have anything. Uh, that's all good. I'm, I'm, I'm finito. <laughs> I think uh, whoever's next is has, has got a lot to talk. Oh yeah, about. absolutely. Oh. All right, Matt, you're Damn. up next. <laughs> oh, uh, awkward. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, I was gonna say. So I, I get good. <laughs> so I think I think the first uh, two picks the Senators make are gonna just be wins. I, I really don't think they yeah. can miss, yep. in my opinion. Um, so my 
guy that I'm kind of looking at at either late first round or early second round that I would love for the Senators take is the big old 6'4", William Wallander. And I brought him up on uh, one of the last couple of weeks podcasts. Uh, and, and man, I just like him. He's six, four. He's a big dude. Uh, he is a left-handed shot. And I know we have like a lot of left-handed shots kind of filling up the roster, but this guy has been described as being potentially the best technically skilled defenseman in the draft. And he just because he has some other parts of his game that need polishing, he's not ranked as high, but I think he's definitely a guy who could be a big win. And you, if you have a guy coming from Sweden who could potentially be potentially, if he, if he can hit a ceiling, like a Victor Hedman and you can take him in the late first, early second, Holy crap. If you have a left, like hypothetically, if you end up with Shabbat Sanderson and like a Hedman 2.0 on your team, could you just imagine that? That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying William Wallander is like my one guy who I hope the centers walk away with. You know, I, I, I haven't done tons of scouting on some of the other guys who, who have gone or sorry, who are projected to go around there. But I'm just saying that one of Wallander's the other boy. defensemen that kind of fits the mold that you were just speaking about with the big old uh, defenseman. Uh, I listed him at the end is Yoni Irmo, yes. massive six, four uh, Finn skates like the yeah. wind. Huge fan of him. Will Scouch likes him too. <laughs> Hell yeah, boys. I think I think Scouch likes Wallander too. I mean, Wallander is is known to be a great puck carrier. Um, so yeah. I mean, that's another thing. I don't know. I like guys who can handle the puck, can skate, even if they're not the best skater. If they're smart with how they possess the puck, I think that can be more valuable, especially when you're drafting for players who aren't going to be your high end players. When you're drafting in that late first, early second, or just in the second round general, you're not drafting players who you think okay, you are drafting players that you hope to be the most elite players out there. But realistically, you're drafting for a player who's going to make uh, a good contribution to your roster, even in a supporting role. And you want those guys who are smart, good at possessing the puck, and and, and that's all you can ask for. And I mean, that's what they went for uh, in, in Drake Batherson. He wasn't seen as an elite level guy. He just had good bloodlines, smart player. Sounds like, let's take a flyer on him in the fourth round. Now look, he's projected at being our best right wing prospect and nobody's even comparable to him in our in our depth chart so that's that's what i'll say on that it also helps when you train in the offseason with crosby mckinnon and marshan oh yeah for sure <laughs> no i agree <laughs> um and bennett uh what are you hoping to see the sends do in this draft whether it's uh taking a specific player or making any moves or anything like that mm-hmm. uh so we've talked a lot about three and five both those picks are going to be wins we're hoping for a center and we're hoping for either another top six forward or a top d um but i think uh so there's positions that the sends need to be filled by this draft but there's also roles on the team which need to be filled and those aren't necessarily the same thing so we need a number one center but none of the number one centers that we've necessarily talked about uh or even the wingers we've necessarily talked about are like snipers or goal scorers and there are a lot of good goal scorers in this draft and i think we will need to pick up one somewhere other matt talked about a few of those guys that should be available tyson forrester is one um, but I think with the possible exception of Anthony Duclair, the Sens don't really have a player like that. We don't have some, we don't have a 30 goal scorer in the team. Uh, we certainly don't have a 40 goal scorer in, 40 goal scorer in the team. And I don't think anyone is even looking like they're going to hit that. At least right now, we don't know, but, uh, you are, you can score by committee, but it does really help to have one guy who can be there and just put 
pucks in the back of the net, net uh, day in, day out, and we do not have that. And we have not had that for a long time. Uh, Danny Healy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all wanted well, Bobby Mike Ryan Hoffman. to be that guy. <laughs> Mike, Mike Hoffman, Hoffman yeah, but yeah. I don't. He just never. I don't think he had ever hit, hit thirty though. 30, in a sense. No. no, he had. I think one or two twenty-eight goal seasons. Yeah, yeah, it was close. It's like the Sens have had a lot of pretty good scorers, but not really an actual sniper for a long time. I mean, Duchesne was giving us that in his second yeah. year with the yeah. team. True, Four. but he wasn't like a sniper, right? He got his goals in tight and uh, by being a bit more skilled. We like we haven't had a player basically since Hoffman that could just yeah. beat a goalie with a shot every mm-hmm. time, right? I do think, though, that Batherson can hit that. And, uh, I mean, Kachuk is one of those in-type players, but I think Kachuk will consistently hit 30 in his career. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I get what you're saying, that we don't have, like, like a pure goal scorer sniper guy other than really Duclair. Uh, and, yeah, so I, I'm with you there, Ben. I think that the setters should look to try and, and, and fill that, that hole that they definitely mm-hmm. have. Do you have any player in mind when you say that, Ben? Um. Not necessarily, just because, like, the way that I think the picks are lining up, uh, at least based on, like, you know, the draft rankings and stuff that I've seen, um, you know, with our really high picks, there's going to be other players that fill more immediate needs for the organization. Um, but, I mean, like, we all know who the good goal, scorers, good, good goal scorers are. We've got Alexander Holtz. We've got Jack Quinn. We've got... Um, Oh God, Seth Jarvis, I think his name in, and we've got you know Ty Forrester near you know end of the first round. And start Perot of the is a hell so of a he... goal scorer as well. And Perot, yeah. Yeah. So those are some guys. That not all of them are going to be feasible with where our picks land, but I think at least a couple of those guys should be in play. Uh, and you know, if the Sens take who we expect at three at five, give or take, and then they see one of those guys there or thereabouts when one of our picks comes by and they choose to move up or down a little bit to grab one of them, then I think uh, we'd be really happy with the results of the draft. And Keeks, yeah, you, you quickly, just uh, what are you hoping to see the Sens do beyond the third so, and fifth pick? Yeah, so um, I really like Bennett's idea, and I agree that the Senators need a guy who could just blast the puck through goalies. Instead of drafting them, why don't we trade for them? <laughs> Get that 28th <laughs> overall pick, maybe a couple seconds, throw in Abramov and probably Thompson and get um, Patrick Line. Sure, yeah, just do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that easy, right? Yeah. I don't understand why uh, why GMs don't just trade for Patrick Line. Yeah. But like that that's something I've been like, – I kind of want to see or I at least want to hear about a bit more. I don't mm. know if that's really the best fit. I know Line this year really got better with his playmaking ability. Like this, I think is the first time in his career that he got more assists than goals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was still on pace for 30 goals, but I'm pretty sure he got like 35 assists or something as well as 28 goals. So, and he had an improved two way game. He's still on the books for one more year at, I think like 6.75. Uh, so that contract next year would suck to try and negotiate. But I mean, if you're trying to get someone who can just blast pucks in the net, like, how many players in the league are better than Patrick Line? You can probably count on one hand, right? I think if we do try and trade for Line, it would probably like if you are only using that twenty eighth pick, it's gonna have to require one of Brandstrom or Bernard Docker, and yeah. then uh, if you're if they want second round picks, two of those second round picks, and then probably another 
prospect on top of that. Like Lion A is a surefire 35 goal scorer. Yes. And he's going to like, they're going to want a lot for him. And I just uh, like, they probably want a right now D and I don't think we have one of those that we're willing to give up. Yeah. Yep. Like, I don't think it's feasible. I just think it's an yeah. interesting idea. Oh, I'd right? love it. I would love it. Like they're and, looking, but by they're looking accounts, for a center. They're looking for a, a center here. Have Logan Brown. And by yeah, all accounts, yeah. there's going to be crazy stuff like that happening this summer too. Like there's going to be wild players that oh, we're I want not it. expecting to move. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's so it. exciting. It's going to be some yeah. wild like NHL 20 type uh, <laughs> Like we just had a here. crazy trade yesterday. A fourth round pick for Josh Brown. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Who hit it out of the buster. park with crazy, baby. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about him a thought type being paired up with Shabbat. There you go. <laughs> Hey, you t- you're talking about snipers from the Winnipeg Jets. What about a guy who's locked in long-term at Kyle Connor? 23 years old? They're not giving him They're up. Not <laughs> giving him guys, guys, come on. I can dream. <laughs> well, a yeah. more feasible option from them is Ehlers, though. And yes, I, yes. Ehlers like, good. They'd be more willing to give him up for less. True, but, but they want to get rid of Line A. Like, it seems like Line A wants out of Winnipeg, and it seems like Winnipeg wants out of Line A. I don't know if they're just willing to pay him what he's worth. I don't think they want to pay him that Ovechkin money yet. Yeah. True. Because like he has, you know, he did have like a pretty okay sophomore year, but, and then had a good third year, but like, I don't think they're willing to give him like a nine plus million dollar contract. I don't think Melnick would either. Yeah, I, I was going to say, yeah, with uh, with Line A, there's probably one person involved with the Senators organization that is not going to be pleased with having to pay Patrick Line A in a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, so so my kind of take on Melnick is he doesn't mind bigger contracts with the caveat that they can't have big yeah. signing bonuses. Yeah, and, yeah. And, I think, and I think that's the problem because I think a lot of those players like to have the big signing bonuses up front, especially young guys, because they want that cash. They want that money. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, look and, at the Carlson uh, and Stone contracts they got with the other teams, right? Yeah. yeah. And then look at Shabbat's contract. Yeah, no yeah, signing bonuses. Yeah, there's like nothing the difference. Yeah, no signing bonuses. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. All right. Um, yeah, so I know other Matt briefly mentioned it earlier, but uh, – and Keegan, I guess you did too, but um, there's been rumors about the Senators looking to move some of their second rounders for uh, like legit NHL players that can help the team this coming season. Uh, What's everybody's thoughts on a move like that? Uh, I know for me, it's kind of like those picks still have a really good shot of of becoming uh, quality NHL players and to move them either for more salary just to get to the cap floor or like, you know, to acquire an established younger player, like the timeline, even on some 25, 26 year olds may not line up with the Senator's uh, window uh, coming up. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll go back starting with Keegs. Um, Keegan, what do you think about uh, the Sens moving some of those second rounders for NHL players? I mean, getting NHL players that can help you now is never, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I am kind of on the, on the side of run the kids and just see what they can do in a full NHL season. Like I want, I want Logan Brown as much as I've been ragging on him this show. I do want him to succeed and I want to see him in the NHL for a full season this year. I don't want to see him get injured because I know he's had a lot of injury problems. Uh, I want to see him do well. I want to see what he has. Uh, Norris is said to be the most NHL ready center we have. I want to see what he can do. 
I want to see Batherson because in his first first stint last year, he looked a little unsure of himself. He went back down to the to the uh, AHL, dominated, came back for his second stint, and was an NHL player. And then you look at Formanton. I want to see if he's NHL ready. Like, it's just a, a matter of we don't know how many of these guys are actually ready for the NHL right now. So getting a couple of guys that could like challenge them so that they don't assume their spot is guaranteed or guys that could fill those holes now so that we don't get to camp and find out these kids aren't ready yet. Right. It's not a bad thing to get those guys. It's not a bad thing to have competition in your locker room. The one thing that I do not want to see is Ottawa going all out for any goalie. I don't want Matt Murray. I don't want Markstrom. I don't want anyone. Like, Nilsson, I don't know where he is in his health. They keep saying he's going to be ready, but we don't know. Concussions are a, a bitch to deal with. Um, and with Hogberg, I think Hogberg is ready for, like, 25, 30 games in the NHL. Is he a starter? I mean, I've said before I think he could do it. I don't know if he could be a great one, but I could expect him to play, like, 45, 50 games and get, like, a 905 to 910 if he does well. So trading those seconds for players now, I don't hate it. I also don't hate it if we keep it. It's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know enough to give uh, a definite yes or no, if it's a good idea. And I'm just going to trust Dorian and staff that they know what they're doing. Cause I'm fine with it either way. If I'm being completely honest, whether we give, get rid of them or we uh, keep them. Can't have too many prospects. Yep. Uh, uh, Bennett, yeah. Well, what are you thinking? What are your thoughts on the uh, second rounders being in play trade wise? Mm-hmm. I think uh, I I've been pretty consistent throughout of wanting to give young guys opportunities as opposed to trading for and especially trading for players when we're not sure how some of our prospects are going to land. Like making making moves to fill out a roster when we don't fully understand our roster. That being said, I am looking at cap friendly, and we have just three me, signed forwards. Yeah, let me uh, let me walk <laughs> let me walk through the Senators' forwards for next this coming season. Uh, Colin White, Artem Anisimov, Brady Tuchuk, and yeah, that's it. So, <laughs> I think we probably will have to make some moves, and they probably will involve some of those second round picks. Um, and I think that the Sens are going to definitely, I think, putting those picks in trades in order to pick up uh, salary uh, with other teams will probably be something that ends up happening. Uh, I mean, I know we all love the idea of, oh, other teams are just going to pay us to take their bad contracts off of them. That's not how it works. Listen, NHL players are NHL players. And most draft pick, most people who are drafted do not make it in the NHL. And so even, even a Milan Lucic, even a Louis Erickson, guys like that you know they have bad contracts and they're red flags to other teams but to us they're no problem they're going to fill in a space on a roster that we actually need and um they're going to help us hit that cap floor and i think that uh you know i think the expectation of this that the sense would have to pay something in order to make that kind of thing happen and matt what, what are you thinking these uh, second rounders all right so you guys ready for another big brain? Big brain, Matt. Okay, so we all know one of the teams that's closest to the cap and who just has a new GM, by the way, is the Arizona Coyotes. Oh, yeah. And we all know that they want to shed some salary. And one of the guys that they have who they could shed salary on, and 
goes off what Keegan was saying about Ottawa needing some centers to maybe push the guys to compete a bit, uh, would be right-handed center, 30 years old, Derek Stepan. He's got one year left at six mil. Um, it's, or sorry, one year left at six and a half mil cap hit, but he's actually only being paid 2 million base salary. That's 4.5 fake money. Yeah. You betcha. (laughs) And, and one guy who has been rumored to be available, um, along with OEL on, uh, Oliver Ekman Larson for, thanks Matt. Don't know. Anyway, uh, (laughs) little, did you know? Um, uh, but anyway, uh, if alongside him was Clayton Keller. Now with Clayton Keller, it's a bit complicated uh, because Clayton Keller, he's only 22, but he's actually signed through the next eight years Yeah. at 7.15 mil. But again, base salary, it's mostly base salary. He barely has any of that money coming through signing bonuses. He gets three mil signing bonus this year, but no signing bonuses next season. Um, and by this year, I mean, 2020, 2021 oh, yeah. season. Uh, but 2021, 22, no signing bonus the following year, three mil, and then three straight years of no signing bonuses, just straight salary. Um, and it's not until the two final years, he gets another 2 million, uh, in both those years for signing bonuses. So both guys who most of their money is, is either paid out, um, like as normal salary or their signing bonuses are paid before Ottawa trades for them. You take what 13 mil approximately off their hands. You get Clayton Keller who has had a couple down seasons in a row, which I assume is why he's available, especially having eight years um, to go. Uh, but I mean, he's 22. I, I don't know. Do you, do you gamble on it? Does he turn out like, I no offense. I love Bobby Ryan, but does he turn out like Bobby Ryan or do you gamble on that contract? And he ends up being, you know, the guy that he was in his initial season uh, or sorry, not his initial season, but his, his first full season where he put up 65 points. Right. So it's, if you can somehow weasel your way into getting Clayton Keller in a trade for Derek Stepan with using, you know, a, a couple of second round picks and potentially a prospect, I'm actually okay with that, especially through the later second round picks that the centers have, because what is the likelihood of those second rounders uh, turning into an NHL player? You never know. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm okay with the senators making a trade similar to that. Obviously I'm not saying do it right now, I'm, you know, I think that if the centers could get away with less than that, that's even better. But I'm just saying if the centers want to move towards the cap floor, get these two players, helps Arizona out. Arizona isn't in our division, so why would we care helping them out, right? It's not like Toronto. Uh, no offense, Jordan, but like you don't want to bail a team like Toronto out. Um, I, so. I disagree. I think the Senators should absolutely <laughs> bail out the Leafs for a second off season in a row. All right. I guess Mitch, <laughs> Mitch Marner for two seconds. Yeah, to I was about to say. <laughs> Uh, hearing um, you talk about that Derek Stepan contract and the way it's structured, somewhere in the Barbados, Eugene Melnick just perked up, and his <laughs> his forked tongue is licking his lips, filling his margarita as he does. <laughs> oh man! Uh, wait, can, wait. Side note: Can we can we laugh at the fact that there's like a travel Barbados ad along the boards in in the CTC? Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> on brand, baby. On brand. Yeah. Yep. On brand. Um, and uh, other Matt, you, you started off uh, the conversation kind of earlier, so uh, I'll let you finish it off. Here. I have uh, a good ability of doing that. So, I mean, yeah. I have a picture, uh, my, ba- my background, I found this awesome picture on Twitter of one of the best saves of the playoffs. And it's actually Jonas Corpusalo, uh, making that awesome save on Austin Matthews and slot. Uh, oh. I mean, 
who do you think Yarmo Heklinen is going to say no to one of our second uh, second round picks and maybe a prospect for uh, old Jonas? Uh, I mean, don't we have his second round pick? Yes, we could give it back. <laughs> have it back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like Columbus is still one of those teams that like is sort of retooling. Like they, their their forwards are hilarious. Like. I, I can't tell you like their best forward I think is Cam Atkinson or Gustav Nyquist. Like oh not, sorry, du- it's Dubois. Dubois. It's, yeah. du- it's Dubois. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I, I, I forgot I, I forgot about his existence. But Unacceptable. I, he I've, was unreal I've been trying playoffs. to forget. Yeah, I've <laughs> yeah, been I'm trying sure to forget about his existence for uh, two months. <laughs> I mean, the I mean, did like, a good job of forgetting about him. <laughs> yeah, oh they do that with God. most people, though. Yeah, they, they do that with most players. Fair enough. <laughs> drag them, drag them. Uh, I think like they they have a really like like strong depth of goalies in in Columbus, and uh, one of them like that I would love to de- get is Corpus Allo, Just considering his uh, his playoffs, he had a good season as well, and then he got hurt. And then Merzlikens came in and got six straight shutouts. With he got like maybe one vote for the uh, the uh, Calder, which is baffling to me. There's no love for rookie goalies. I'm telling you, yeah, he was unbelievably lights out and got no love. But anyways, that's besides the point. Corpus Allo would be an awesome value pickup, just considering he's not Matt Murray, and I don't want Matt Murray. Uh, <laughs> like that's that's nope. kind of it. Um, we have a lot of goalie depth. We can send them a goalie in return. So, I mean, why not? All of these things are, are options and, uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So that, that's a lot of, uh, good suggestions coming out for that, that second rounder. Um, now talking about some trades here, we can, uh, dive a little bit. Uh, we don't want to hold you guys up for too much longer into the, uh, free agency and off season acquisitions. Here's my pitch okay keegan hates this i've i've pitched him on it twice already oh, this is my third it. attempt um and my suggestion is carl alsner from the montreal canadians okay. <laughs> yeah oh, exactly oh sorry sorry go ahead yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh obviously not a strong player especially like the the last few years he's mostly been hanging out in the minors um this coming season uh with the um financial uncertainty in the league and Mon- and Montreal looking to re-sign some important players and potentially add some more um, some more impact players to the to the team. They'd likely want to get all of that salary that's uh, gathering dust uh, in the minors off of their books. So Carl Alsner, he's got two years left on his deal at a four point six cap hit and uh, only five million dollars of actual salary left. And he seems like the kind of player that's got like negative trade value, <laughs> right? Especially if it's just like Montreal looking to move him out so that they can uh, give that cap space to somebody else. Uh, and something that I thought of today was that you just keep him for this year and you buy him out uh, this coming off season. That saves the centers an extra like one and a half million too. So then you get a season of Carl Alsner at a three and a half million dollar cap hit and then two more seasons at like 1.6 cap hit. Um, so, so I'll say one thing about that. The only problem with training for Carl Osner, and it goes beyond just him having, you know, the trash salary or whatever, mm-hmm. is, is first of all, 
Ottawa has uh, Mike Riley also signed this season. Right. And, and I mean, yeah, he's a guy that they could just put on waivers and put in the minors, bury his contract. But I just, I don't know, with Shabbat, with Riley, with Lannan on the left side, um, we, and now that they have Zaitsev, Zub, and uh, what's-his-face Brown on the on the right side, Branstrom is a guy who's, even though he's a left-handed defense when he plays on the right side, but them acquiring Brown, to me, tells me that they want to put him back on the left side. Mm-hmm. So I think that the left side's pretty full, and we'd basically just be taking Alsner on and putting him in the minors, and Alsner has a no-move clause. And so he might see that situation and just be like, well, I'm not really going to get playing time anyway, so why would I waive my no-move clause for that? Um, if you can't even make, like, you know, one of the bottom teams in the league's roster, then probably not going to wait for that. But if it's a team, you know, that's, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just like Anaheim or something who their depth on D is up in the air. Go for it. I just think for Ottawa doesn't make sense. And I think if we're trading for a guy from Montreal, then uh, Jonathan Giraffe. You know, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And just to your point about the no move clause, if he okays the trade to Ottawa, I bet you he has like, like, if it's sort of like Bobby Ryan's no move clause, he can say no to going to the minors. Yeah. Which is, uh, <laughs> but I mean, I'm just not really interested in many of Montreal's assets. Like we're yeah. not getting Cole Caulfield for taking Alzner's contract. We're not getting Drew Wayne. We're not getting Domi. No paling. Like, the- Suzuki. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> I I just don't know, and they would hate having to give us one of those prospects or a pick yeah. just to take on that salary. Um, yeah. I'm not saying I don't love the idea of using that salary to take something on, but like I don't think there's a fit for Alsner. Um, I could see them more doing it for a forward, uh, like a, a Louis Erickson or a Milan Lucic or James Neal or you know, the list sort of goes on or a Kyle yeah. Turris, for example, no, but no, but the thing is Montreal actually now does have decent center depth. They've actually finally addressed that. Like, think about it. They have, uh, wow. Now actually I forget. Of course, Kakaniemi, they have Suzuki. They have, um, oh, what's that other guy who Deno. they got? I think, yeah. Deno, thank Deno. You. And, uh, yes, Dano. Good French Canadian boy. <laughs> and then they got uh, they like Max Domi's list as center. They play him as wing now, but I mean, they, they have enough guys to play center. Like Kyle Turris, you're just bringing him in to play on your fourth line again. Like, I don't know. <laughs> don't know if anyone wants to do that. I mean, maybe they make a trade with Tampa Bay and get Tyler Johnson. Mm-hmm. Maybe Tyler. Johnson. I want him. I want him bad boys. <laughs> you want, you want yeah. Tyler Johnson? I've loved Tyler uh... Johnson for years. He just had an awesome playoffs too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all all I can remember about Tyler Johnson is the one time that this girl was on yeah. Tampa Bay News and basically said that she had no, slept with it a guy wasn't Tampa on Bay. Tampa Bay's news. It was like Jimmy Kimmel Live, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, and then uh, yeah, and then and then she said that she slept with a guy on Tampa Bay and like cheated on her boyfriend, and he was like, "Oh, who was it?" She's like, "I can't say." He's like, "What are his initials?" And she that's said, so TJ. like He's suspect, like, oh, like Tyler Johnson, like yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, it's greasy voice. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> Being that girl's that's, boyfriend, uh, that's the most Florida bad. thing that I've heard today. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just saw Chris Christie, the New Jersey governor, just got COVID. That's pretty Florida to me, and he isn't even a Floridian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But aside. <laughs> aside. Um, so maybe we can just uh, quickly go around to everybody um, about 
what uh, maybe some uh, of the free agents that you guys might uh, hope the senators target. Like it's kind of hard because there's not going to be a ton of them, like not a ton of the huge, like big name guys that are going to have inflated salaries that the senators are going to be in on. But uh, like, is there a sleeper or kind of a, a lesser known guy that you guys are interested in having the, the team sign? Uh, other Alex, I see you kind of nodding along here. Uh, do you want to start? Other Alex. Other Alex. Sorry, other Alex. Other Alex. I don't there is zero Alex's here. Oh my God. Bennett, you're uh, now Alex. I was just looking Take at, it. I was, I was looking at uh, Alex Gauch. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Honestly, uh, a player, like if we're trying to figure out this goalie situation, which is weird in and of itself, we have Anders Nielsen who has had two really good seasons with the Sens. And we've, we've gone over this on our podcast. Uh, it's, it's definitely weird that there's just been no updates from the team on his health. And all of this speculation going around about us wanting a goalie. If we are trying to fix this goalie situation, look at it through uh, free agency. There are definitely goalies that can be starters are or are starters. Braden Holby. Well, like, probably <laughs> not, but like $10 million no, but, for Braden no, but, Holby. Okay. Wait, wait. One thing though about Nielsen's health is that uh, Dorian did say that they expected him to be healthy and ready to go, but they couldn't confirm that until they saw him actually step on else. So it was kind of it was kind of like a it weird a, gray yeah. area answer. So, so if that is the case, they should look to solving this goalie issue uh with uh with free agency. Look at some of the guys like Kudobin, uh Cam Talbot, uh even like Henrik Lundqvist. Like these are guys you can bring in that can split time with uh, Marcus Hogberg and sort of like uh, teach him how to be an NHL goalie and really get his confidence going. Because I have no doubt in my mind that Hogberg can be a 40 goal or 40 game, 45 game guy. And if he's splitting time with a seasoned vet who also has the ability to do that, you should absolutely do it at a low cap hit. Like do not spend more than $4 million a year. And I, I think Hogberg like had a really good season on a terrible team last year. Let's oh, see what he so can do terrible. on an even better team this year. <laughs> even better. I was just saying, no. yeah, hopefully air quotes, but with our three forwards. Yeah. Uh, shut up. Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> you and your logic. And the uh, one- and no, oh, sorry, Keeks, you go ahead. No, it's just I just wanted to chime in about some of those veteran guys. It's just how many of them do you think are going to sign cheap contracts with contenders? That right? is a fair like, point, but uh, like I can't see any of them getting more money anywhere else. And I can see contenders throwing minimal amounts of money because they're going to be close to the 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 floor uh i could yeah. see ottawa being able to throw just a little bit more money at them which is you know uh like hilarious in and of itself but it would be nice for us to be able to you know send over a little more money their way so we can bring in that that veteran depth but it's it's all speculation at this point because maybe they are trying to shore up their goaltending uh, future long term, and if that's the case, then does Askarov at five make sense? Boom! Uh, Boom! <laughs> Other matches love. He's so good, easily, man. Honestly. he's so good. Askarov is so good. 
Disgusting. I, I can't deny that he's good. Like I'm pretty sure in like his first three games in the KHL this year, he has like a 975 save percentage. And like, oh, yeah. just, like despite that. being on a good team, he's still making all of those saves as an 18 yeah. year old goalie in the yeah. KHL. Uh, my my only problem with taking a goalie that high is is just honestly, you never know how they're going to perform in the NHL and. I don't know. It's it's when there's so much talent and so many other holes in the center's roster that they need to fill. It just to me, it's like so hard to take a goalie when you have Decord, you have Gustafson, who still has like some hopes of being a solid. You have Sogard, who they traded um, up for. You have Sogard, I think, yeah, and Mandalis. Yeah. I think Mandalese. Dorian did like and, kind of <laughs> quell the whole like taking a goalie. He did. So he did. I'm, yeah. I'm happy with that, but it would be pretty damn cool if they got Askarov, but. If it meant a lower pick, that'd be better. Yeah. All right. Um, um, I'll, uh, I'll go to Bennett here. We'll just get one more, um, one more free agent that, uh, or, or type of player that you're hoping the, uh, the senators kind of target in free agency this off season. So Bennett, do you have any, um, any hopes of kinds of players or specific players that uh, you'd like to see the senators sign this off season? Yeah, I think um, I think I kind of like the idea of trying to address the goalie situation through free agency, just getting one of those veteran guys to kind of hold the fort for a few seasons while we try and figure out where our guys are going to land. Uh, so I like that idea. I think I think other than that, I mean, kind of kind of obviously a forward. Like we're going to need to sign at least one forward. Like we can't acquire you know three lines through. Uh, through you know trades um and i mean obviously like a good like one to two of those lines will be filled up by prospects who are going to be coming up this coming season um but i think uh i suspect we're probably going to end up signing probably not like huge impact forwards but kind of middle like one or two middle six guys maybe who will um just you know fulfill some roles on the team nobody comes to mind off the top of my head i mean you know if if uh, we wanted to satisfy, you know, sense for their fantasies, uh, we could say that Taylor Hall is going to be a free agent this summer, almost certainly. And uh, he, we know that he uh, doesn't is used to not playing in the playoffs. So, well, it might be <laughs> oh, it might geez. be something that he wants to address. I mean, I think he'd be like emotionally prepared to be an Ottawa Senator, and I think that I think oh, that's my God. <laughs> well, having him on our team would guarantee us a lottery pick. So. Uh... I mean, if I can just add, sorry, to to have a player, because I know Bennett said he couldn't think of a player. One player who I think is a possibility is uh, Marcus Granlund. Or sorry, is it Marcus Granlund or Mikhail? It's Mikhail Granlund. My my apologies. They're two different players. But Mikhail, Mikhail Granlund. The better one. Um, <laughs> yes, the better one. I was like, wait a second. Yeah, um, so he's, he's left-handed, but he plays center or right wing. Uh, you put him on your right side because the center's buying out Bobby Ryan. You know, could use another guy on the right side. Um, but anyway, especially because he's coming off playing with Minnesota in the la- in the two seasons prior to the one he was traded, he had almost 70 point seasons with the wild. Then in his one down season with wild, where he had about 49 points in 63 games, he gets traded to the Preds has five points in 16 games with them. So a 55 ish point season in total. And then last season with Nashville, he only had 30 points. So he's a guy who I don't see Nashville re-signing, and I see him as a kind of redemption project that Senators are love to take on. You know, Anthony Duclair, of course, as everyone knows, Clark big example McCarthy. of that. And I think, yeah, and I think 
this Mikhail Granlund could just be added to that list of redemption projects that see success in Ottawa. So sign him to a one or two year deal. If he plays well in uh, this season, trade him at the deadline. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, guys. So we've just got one more thing left to do, and then uh, we'll uh, let you go and enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Um, We'll do a round of the double agent game. So we kind of touched on it before starting recording, but I'll go through the actual rules here. Um, I've got a list of all of the players that have played for both the Senators and Leafs at some point in their career. Um, I have 13 clues for each of them. I'll automatically give you three. Uh, So the first clues you'll get are their current age, their career games played, and then the most recent team that they played for. And then after that, I've got 10 more clues. Once you hear the first three, you kind of get, we'll go through everybody and you uh, bet how many extra clues you think it's going to take you to guess the player correctly. So uh, if you've listened to the Puck Soup podcast, you'd know it as name Pat Falloon. If you've uh, listened to Doug Loves Movies, uh, you'd know it as the Leonard Malton game. Um, if neither of that helps you, don't worry. Uh, all of these clues are kind of designed to do the exact same thing here. Um, so, like I said, the first three clues you get are going to be the player's current age, their career games played, and the most recent team they played for. After everyone puts their bets in, I'll give you their amateur team, and then their height and weight, draft position, draft team the years they played in the NHL, combined points between Ottawa and Toronto, their nationality, my personal opinion of their best individual season, and then uh, we'll give you guys their uh, Senators jersey number, and finally, every team they ever played for. Okay. (laughs) All right. right, So I I ran a – and I totally get that it's a uh, confusing game to try to explain, so the best way to learn how to do it is to jump right in. Cool. So I uh, ran a, a random number generator before we started, and I've got our player. So yep. is everybody all set? Yeah. Sure. Yep. Yep. All right. <laughs> I, I will also type uh, the answers to these first three clues into our chat so everyone's got it as a uh, reference, okay? Cool. Sounds so, good. Cool. Oh, that would have been smart to do when it was just you and I. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many times I've asked you, like, oh, what was the answer to this one again? What was this clue? Hey, that don't worry. Smart. When it's just you and I, we need to fill up some uh, air time. <laughs> with all of these extra people in, I think, uh, think it'll be fine. So here we go. Fair enough. This player's current age is 46 years old. Uh, his career games played was 229. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and his most recent team is the Edmonton Oilers. Um, so Keegan, we'll start off with you just to kind of give everybody a sense of, uh, how we'll do this. How many more clues do you think it's going to take you to get this player? Uh, if he's 46, he probably retired around, oh shit. It all depends on when he played. Cause if he only played 229 games, then he's either a goalie or a player that didn't stick around in the league for too long. Um, I'm, I usually get it around the five or six mark, so I'll get it, I'll say six. We'll say six. And I'm super smart. I didn't uh, bring a pen into the bedroom, so uh, I'll. So Keegan says six. Okay, 
So we'll, uh, we'll try to go through this all quickly. Um, Bennett, how many clues do you think it's going to take you? So for Keegan, he guessed six, one, two, three, four, five, six. He thinks he's going to get it on combined Ottawa and Toronto points. Okay. What's the mm. maximum amount of hints? <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was like, mm, uh, yeah. the maximum yeah, that's, is that's a good point. That's is, a good point. Uh, ten. Okay, my my bet is ten, <laughs> and that and oh that's that's a soft bet. <laughs> uh, Matt. Oh, man, man, I'm gonna go big. I'm gonna say five. Five. Okay. Oh, okay. Big shit here. <laughs> and I'm gonna say nine. Okay. Okay, massive regrets over here. <laughs> <laughs> so well, this player's... Like... Sorry, what was that, Keeks? No, 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 go ahead. It's fine. I don't need to say it. All right. <laughs> this player's amateur team... Oh, I'm not going to spell this out. I'm copying and pasting this over. Uh, <laughs> oh, so he's European. Yeah, eh? so not in North America. <laughs> yeah. It hmm. is Farjastad's BK Karlstad oh, cool. of the SHL. Gesundheit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Is that helping anybody, Keegan? Do you have any guesses? Uh, no, he's Swedish. That that's good to know. <laughs> that's that's all I got. Um, yeah. Yep. All right. His height and weight. Oh god. Okay. Well, five. Nope. Ruined. <laughs> <laughs> height and weight is six feet, two hundred and five pounds. Ah, so he's a hockey player. Cool. <laughs> so wait, wait. I have to make. I have to make a guess here. Otherwise. No, no, no. Uh, oh, no. Five this more. Is, this is clue number two. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought it was five total. Yeah, gotcha. No, no, no. Five so more after the initial three. Yeah, we've gotcha. got, cool. got eight more clues here. Which okay. I think for you brings you to uh, years he played. Because that's usually what I say. I usually yes. say five or six. Yeah, five gets you to years played. His uh, draft position, sixth round. And... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. Uh -huh. Not sixth round, sorry. Eighth Seven. round. Oh, oh. Oh, so this is a while ago. When was the eighth round taken out of eighth the league? Eighth round, uh, 232nd. Eighth round, 232nd. Okay, so yeah. he probably played for the Sens and Leafs in the early 2000s and probably went to Europe after, eh? Mm. I got nothing. I Jordan likes to point out every episode that these hints are not meant to help. No, they are not meant to help. <laughs> Um, okay, so the draft team for this guy, Anaheim. It's, Jesus, I got nothing. Like, like it, it's easier when they've played a lot of games and they're around that age, but it's like I just I don't have much knowledge of players basically before 2010 because I didn't really start watching hockey religiously until then. All right, years in the league. Here we go. This is you, Matt. You got to try and get it off this one. You think you can do it? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. The years that he played in the NHL, 2003 to 2011. Oh, Ooh, 2003, wow. 2011. And he played how many games? 200 and... 220. Sorry, and we can make a guess whenever we want. Yes. You can make a guess whenever you want. Uh, yeah. I think I might know. Okay. Seriously? Yeah, it's a goalie. Yeah. Uh, he played for both Ottawa and the Leafs. It's Martin Gerber. That is correct. Wow. Hey! Yeah, there you go. I, Holy I smokes. Huge, huge he, win there. Wow. 
I thought Gerber played more games. No, Gerber I was like kind too. of a career backup. Yeah, that's true. But for Ottawa, he was a starter. Barely, yeah, because starter we didn't have a Carolina. goalie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But like true. he was a starter in Carolina in 06, and the only reason why like he wasn't in net for their cup run was because he got hurt, right? And then Ward was just playing so well that he took over the starter spot. Yeah, I don't think he ever bounced yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he had that wicked 06 Olympics. Yeah. Uh, got sick or injured in the playoffs, and then that was it for him. Well, and then the Senators signed I, uh, him. Yeah. I don't have a trophy on hand, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's in the mail. Perfect. Yeah. 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 Like you could raise or anything? Um, I have Four a set of keys. Yet? There oh, you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> I was that was impressive, man. Yeah, I, that's I was impressive. not thinking Gerber. first guess. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Smoked Solid, Keegan on that. I don't think he's ever gotten it. With I got it on five. I got um uh um the goalie uh, uh Tom Barrasso. Tom Barrasso. Yeah. Tom Barrasso. You got that one. That was a shock to me. Amazing. Um. Well, yeah, that brings us to the end of our episode here, guys. Uh, we'll let you uh, plug whatever you want to plug. Um. So Bennett, do you have anything you want to anything you want to let our listeners know about or to go find out? <laughs> yeah, let's toss it over to Bennett. Yeah. What do you got for us, Bennett? Yeah. What, 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 what are you, you working on, us? Bennett? Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, just uh, my first and last name at Bennett Gladwin, uh, and otherwise I'll uh, defer to Matt to plug our pod stuff. <laughs> uh well i mean yeah all three of us are on on twitter uh mine's uh at matt malovich which nobody can spell so just go to bennett and you can or or, or matt <laughs> like, or they're not gonna matt, be able to spell uh, mine either so mine's yeah. really easy. okay well then everybody just go to matt nafe yeah. uh n-a-f-e you know you find him you find the followers you can jump in there if not um both uh matt and i um we well, other Matt and I, sorry, other Matt, but had to distinct that, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, both of us run the, uh, the Twitter accounts. Um, Alan runs the Instagram account. Uh, so if, and the Facebook account is run by myself and other Matt as well. So if you want to get in contact with us through those accounts, we will respond to DMS. Um, so yeah. And you can find us on all of those at uh, the Centennial. Um, so yeah, that's, that's all I'm plugging. Awesome. And also, that. also, I have to, I have to give a thank you to you guys for having mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks yeah, a lot, well, guys. Thank you, thanks guys for, for coming on. Our, yeah, thanks for being our first guests too. So this is, uh, this is exciting for us. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, that's cool. This yeah, was a lot. Nice to have a. I loved the. Nice uh, to have a game. podcast that wasn't Leaf centric. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, I know a lot about the Leaf system as well because one of my best friends is a Leafs fan. So I like, I can talk Leafs if you need me to. <laughs> if you follow hockey you know a lot about the Leafs organization that's just how it goes uh, fair <laughs> but other matt anything you want to plug um i mean i like my twitter is mostly what i use now uh at matt nafe um i'm in the market for a uh job so if you guys uh know any <laughs> communications <laughs> positions opening up uh or if you need any have any communications needs hit me up um and also uh follow matt on twitch armored coyote he's a a hell of a twitch affiliate um (laughs) and he produces some really good content so uh and thanks to alan our producer for not being here uh just because (laughs) uh like if he was here it'd just be bromance central um and he's a great guy (laughs) huge fan yeah 
Shout out yeah, to Alan. We yeah. love now, our producer. I think he was with us. In I think he was the one I was messaging. So thank you. Alan. At the end yeah, of it, it was yeah. me. Okay. He was like, "I just can't, I can't keep doing this. I need I need help." <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. He's a busy guy yeah. too. So yeah. Oh, that's fair. Awesome. All right, Jordan, well, thank you guys so much. Up? Yeah, thank you guys yeah, so much. Thank we you guys. Like this was a lot of fun. Yeah, this was a, yeah, this was a ton of fun. Thank you so much to all of and you. And we'd guys. love to uh, be back on or have you guys on ours. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, oh yeah, a hundred percent. Like we're we're I'm gonna need help uh organizing my thoughts after the draft. because so <laughs> I know there's gonna be something there that pisses me off. And last time I tried to go on a rant, it did not work out very well. <laughs> I, I'm pretty good at those, so is Matt and Bennett. So we, we just we let us do it, rants. you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and mm-hmm. uh, we'll make sure to uh, tag you guys in all of the stuff that we're awesome. On. Sounds great, guys. Cool. Have a good one. Perfect. Thanks. Take Thanks. care, guys. Thanks, guys.